Welcome to Deep Drinks Podcast, where the drinks are deep and the conversations are deeper. Welcome everyone to Deep Drinks Podcast. Today we have a awesome episode uh, with someone who I've actually had requested from one of my good friends. Uh, his name is Tate Hoskins, and we're going to be learning about his story, his journey, uh, finding out, like discovering that he was gay uh, in his um, early uh, teen years, uh, talking about it to a counselor, and then getting brought to have an exorcism. Uh, so we'll learn a lot about that. Before we get started, I want to quickly mention, as always, uh, that uh, we are trying really hard to get to a thousand subscribers. When we get to a thousand subscribers, we are going to be doing a charity stream. So if you like content like this, if you like conversations around religion, philosophy, science, sociology, life, um, then join, uh, the join, join up and subscribe. So we have a couple of interesting streams coming up. We have, uh, an interview with, uh, Oz again, and he's going to be releasing his album on devil's night, which is going to be good. And then we have a conversation, a new way to have hard conversations uh, with Reed Nicewonder, and that'll be a conversation about street epistemology. Uh, so that's going to be a really interesting one. We also have a few that aren't mentioned here. We have Biddy Buddha coming on soon uh, to talk about how she is an atheist who still does tarot cards and things like that. She's really into that kind of spiritual stuff, but she doesn't necessarily believe it's true. She just kind of enjoys it. Uh, and then we also uh, have Nitty, uh, Nidimus coming on, which is going to be awesome. He's going to be talking about cults because uh, he was in one, he believes. Uh, also, if you like um, podcasts, if you want to listen to this podcast on the way to work, we have links here um, to all the podcasts. If you just go to um, links in the description, pod follow uh, to Deep Drinks, it'll bring you to Apple um, Podcasts, um, Spotify and everything. And of course, this episode will be there um, very shortly. So with that said, I don't. I want to. We we don't have a lot of time with Tate. He's a busy man. He's got he's got some a clothing line possibly coming up. We might learn about that today. And I I want to. But I want. So I want to just jump straight into this interview. Uh, so Tate Hoskins is a uh, a TikToker, an LGBT advocate who went through an exorcism when his mom found out that he was gay. Tate has drum roll 1.3 million followers on TikTok uh, and and lots of followers in in in, in the on on Twitch and and it's just. I think he might, he might be the most popular guest that we've ever had on Deep Drinks. So with that said, I'd like to welcome the amazing, the awesome, the handsome, the beautiful man, Tate Hoskins. Howdy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm excited. You, man. I'm excited. Oh, thank you so much for coming on. This is, uh, this is, it's, uh, this is amazing. And, uh, it's, it's, it's always nice to talk to a nice Southern boy, uh, who has manners and <laughs> it's good. That's me. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Lots of what, manners. uh, I, uh, so we, what we're drinking, what are we drinking today? You've got a specific drink. Yeah. So normally I'm a, I'm a white claw kind of guy. I typically, I go yeah. for, you know, some little seltzer, uh, but today I have this, it's, it's Tapa Chico. I don't know if this, I've, if this is a good brand or not, uh, but I found it. It's pineapple, and I'm ready to ready to drink all of it. Oh, awesome! <laughs> I've got uh, I've got the white claw, um, the pineapple version as well. Um, Love it, and yeah, it's it's uh, this is good. I've never had one of these before. I only had one for the first time the other day, um, and so yeah, it's cool. I'm, what's I'm, your What's this, your go to drink? Uh, well, normally I'm not very I'm much of a social drinker. So normally when I drink, it's at home with a bottle of scotch, um, playing video games by myself. Uh, so I like scotch. I like, um, I like, uh, beer, but mainly scotch, um, depending on, on how things are, um, how things what about are going. bourbon. But anyway, 
you've, you've oh i like bourbon it. bourbon's okay uh, i've had a guest um introduce me to bourbon actually um uh dr josh who um who's a uh a seriologist he came on and he wanted to drink um on bourbon and that was good we, we it was uh uh woodford reserve is what we had nice so kentucky yeah. is the home of bourbon so i always like yeah. to ask people their thoughts on it <laughs> <laughs> yeah so you're you're from um are you in kentucky now yeah 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 born and raised um very small town very very small town my entire life so i figured i would just stick it out here until i can you know until i move move on awesome so what's everyone else drinking i see someone uh Nanalu, you have a um, hot chocolate that's really cool um we have a p barnes he's an australian 11 a.m beer that's the way that's what we do in <laughs> australia <laughs> i always say it's uh it's uh it's it's only it's socially acceptable for australians to drink at uh 10 a.m that's the only way i get away with this show um but um i i really did i really did want to like get into your story because it's i you know i'll link to later on i'll link to the your TikTok. but you went through a tremendous like experience can you tell us a little bit first of all about growing up uh gay in the yeah. south yeah you know it's it's weird because you know whenever it's your lived experience it's hard to know how it is different from other folks and i think um i think for me you know i always knew i was gay in school but it, gay was a very unspoken thing down here where I live. Like, you know, if you were gay, nobody talked about it. Nobody asked you, you know, if you were, if you were an effeminate boy or uh, maybe a girl that had more tomboyish, you know, actions and, mm -hmm. and everything, you know, we just sort of, we just sort of kept quiet on it. We didn't really, it's like a don't ask, don't tell kind of thing. Um, yeah. So as I got older, you know, I just, I, I realized, you know, more and more that this is sort of an identity that, I have and that I wasn't talking about with anybody. And um, yeah, and being, you know, being in the Bible Belt of the South, it's it's <laughs> even more pressure. So yeah, it wasn't a, it wasn't a pleasant experience. A lot of it was just a very unspoken experience until, did, you know, it wasn't. <laughs> did, did you um did you like try to hide it uh, or anything like that? Or like, did you have like a, a phase where you're trying to like pray the gay away or trying to like, um, I guess, Right. straight or something yeah you know i think i think a lot of folks do have that experience i did not um i was the kid that was wearing like like a i had this hat that had was like had long it looked like a big frilly scarf so i was like i was a kid <laughs> that was like very proud to be different and very proud to wear things that i felt like were kind of indicative of who i was um yeah. so it wasn't like i was ever trying to put on a front i think naturally i'd never really opened up about it to anybody you know any friends or anything until i was a little older and kind of understood what it what it was and what that meant for me um but no you know i i didn't have the experience of like trying to trying to suppress those feelings and those thoughts even though that's a super common thing here for me mm. i don't know what it was i guess i just you know i just was too <laughs> too stuck in my ways <laughs> oh, that's awesome did, did you um so oh, there's there's so many there's so many different questions and so many different avenues I have but so at what age I guess did you did you start realizing that you like boys instead of uh, girls That's or do you hard. like girls are you bi or are you or are you gay no I, I tell folks that you know I think I have I think most of I personally believe in the spectrum where like everyone's sort yeah, of, yeah you know a little bit or a little bit this way and for me, you know, I think women are beautiful and everything, but I, I would say if someone were to ask me, are you gay or bi? I would just say I, I'm gay. 
um, to, to keep things as simple as I can for myself. Um, but um, what was the question? <laughs> I'm oh, already. Like, I'm well, I guess. No, I'm, I'm a little bit the same myself. I haven't had any food today. It's um, it's 1030. So um, I'm, I'm already feeling this, which is funny. But let's say on the spectrum, how, where, where are you on that spectrum? Like, um, uh, you know, are you right to the like 99%? You just almost like pretty much as gay as you can be or you like, yeah. I would say I would say I would put my sexuality somewhere at like 95.5, like 95% oh, yeah. for sure gay. <laughs> yeah. And maybe 5% like, you know, I could... I could entertain the idea. <laughs> yeah. I feel like, um, I feel like being like, being like perfectly bi would be the, like, you just have like, you'd have the best of both worlds, right? You have like, you've got a, a, the world is your oyster. You've got a smorgasbord of choice. Like, listen, I love, I love our, our bi kings and queens and, you know, they thems out there. I love them. So yeah, I, sometimes I'm like, man, I wish I could just, I wish I could. <laughs> So flip the switch, but no. Yeah, I'm gay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I always say, um, I say, I've said a few times on this podcast that um, my wife and I are just going through IVF, and I always say, um, you know, if our child ended up being straight, I'd still love them anyway. Like I, I'm, I've, I've gone so far on that, you know. Like I just, I, I just, you know, I, it, it's, it's, I just seeing what my friend went through, um, and like everything I had to go through, like being gay and growing up in Australia in the, um, in the 70s and 80s for him, um. It was it was so hard, and I, th I think the more that we can do to accept, you know, people, um, LGBT people and stuff, it's just like, it's it's weird that we don't in a lot of in a lot of ways. But um, like, luckily, I think that it's getting better. Uh, oh, yeah. That's what at least it is in, in Australia, anyway. Um, yeah, it is. So it is it is the climate of of being gay and being a queer youth is it is changing, you know. And I think it's still far from perfect, but you know, it takes folks like you and I to have a platform that we give a voice mm. to, to, the, to those people. I think that's a really important part of, you know, of the coming out experience for our youth now. So I want to say thank you, you know, as a, as a straight man who is, you know, giving your platform up to another creator who is LGBT. I think that is, that's a really admirable thing. I think we should value oh, that thank you. a lot more. Thank you. I appreciate it. I, uh, we talked about this, before we went on, but um, before we went live, but like it was seeing my friend's experience who was closeted for 45 years. He was the first first guest on Deep Drinks podcast to see him and what he went through, um, you know, being so torn about like his belief, his Christian beliefs. I met him in ministry college, believe it or not, when I was, was when I was studying to be a youth pastor and for him to be so conflicted about his beliefs and um, and the way the church treated him when he did decide to eventually come out. It was um, it was just um, it was shocking to, to, to say the least. Um, and, and it's, have you noticed too, this is just a random aside and it's already happening. The random drunken asides coming. Have you noticed that, <laughs> that, that a lot of the time Christians will, and not to poopy Christians, I've got a lot of Christian friends, but they will think that somehow like gay marriage and stuff is persecution on them. Like somehow like they're being persecuted by like equal rights and, and things like that. It's, it's, it's a weird thing that I've noticed. Yeah, it is a really weird and a really common thing that I think that a people and and I'm going to say, you know, I think in all fairness, I do think it is a it is an issue for people on the left and a people and people on the right. I think it's an issue for people who are Christian, people who are who are, you know, atheist or non-religious. I think the issue really just sort of it lands on the way that we perceive the world and when we feel like, you know, something that when we feel like our our beliefs or the way that we live our lives is like being attacked it's like we we want to twist that into this really weird persecution complex and it's it's weird but it is very common and it's unfortunate i i really really hate seeing um you know 
my Christian friends and family say things like, oh, I love you. I love you. I just don't love your ways. It's like, do, yeah. do you love me? Are you sure yeah. you love me? Yeah. <laughs> or do you love the idea Ima of me? Imagine if you said, um, love the religious, hate the religion. Like, they'd yeah. be like, oh, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> that's like, it's so insulting. It, it really, truly is. <laughs> yeah, because it's so tied to their identity, right? But I guess with, um, I guess with being gay is, you know, religion is a choice, but being gay essentially isn't a choice, right? It's like an immutable characteristic. So it's like, it's, I would say it's equally, it's way more offensive, I would say, to, um, uh, to say that. I would agree uh, with that. That is a really great way of putting it. I absolutely agree. Yeah. What so eventually though, like when when you you decided to go to a, a um, school counselor, can you tell us a little bit about that? Oh yeah. So here's where the story starts getting good, and there's a lot of details um, that I've not really shared online. So this is a lot of this will be stuff that folks uh, who've probably seen or heard this story before um, won't won't know going into this. So um, I had a girlfriend uh, at the time. Her name is Ooh. Taylor, and we've talked about, you know, me sharing our experience and everything. She is awesome now. She's an incredible young woman, and she is um, she's doing a lot of really awesome things out there. So shout out to you, Taylor. Uh, <laughs> but um, you know, we were in a we were in a little little relationship, you know, in the the school relationship, puppy love type of thing. And I think through her, I really understood what my sexuality was. You know, I think dating a girl really showed me everything that I didn't want. And I say that as, you know, with as much love as I can. Um, <laughs> and so when I started realizing that like, okay, I'm, I am not straight. I'm not into girls and I, and I don't like girls. Um, because before that it was a matter of, okay, I know I like boys, but you mm. know, do I, do I like girls? Can I like girls? Um, mm. and, and that experience, this experience was, was one of those things that really solidified that for me. So when I, when I understood, okay, you are not straight, like you do not like girls and this is just how it is. Um, I started exploring a lot more of the identity that I've, I've sort of buried away before that. So, um, I was watching a lot of YouTubers at the time. I don't know if you, if you're really familiar with like the YouTube scene back in like 2010 or 12, I guess at this yeah. point, um, like Philip DeFranco, like and like Smosh and all oh that yeah, old yeah. YouTube. Um, <laughs> yeah, there was yeah. a YouTuber who who has since transitioned into the beautiful Gigi Gorgeous. Um, I'm sure that most of my followers know who that is, um, but Gigi at the time had a YouTube channel and um, she had not transitioned yet, and so she had still. Um, been under the format of being a gay boy that wears makeup, and and I really resonated with Gigi during those during that time in that era because I felt like this was a a thing that I wanted to do. You know, this was really before this was before the yes, this is Gigi, gorgeous, gorgeous, gorgeous oh, woman, stunning, right? Absolutely stunning. Um, and this was really before the this was before like the you know, the James Charles and Manny MUA and Jeffree Star era where, I mean, Jeffrey, never, not important. <laughs> this, was before, <laughs> this was before wearing makeup as a, you know, boy beauty influencer was, um, was a, a thing. And so okay. I, I started wearing makeup to school and that was when it really started to hit the fan. Um, so the breakup happened. I was like, okay, you know what? Now I don't have to pretend anymore. I'm just gonna start doing this. So I would sneak into my mom's uh, dresser and she had her like makeup, her little makeup bag and I would take her makeup out and I would put it on before school. And she never really noticed. Um, and then when she started noticing, she would like 
tell me to take it off. She would tell me to like, you know, I can't wear that on public and da da da. And was uh, it was it like like were you just putting on like a little bit of foundation, or were you like putting on like the full like drag kind of makeup or like big? Um, I, I don't know the terminology very well, sorry, but like no, that's that's perfect. That's perfectly put. So I would wear I would wear like foundation. I had I had really bad skin and really bad acne uh, as a as a young youngin. So I would wear foundation and I would cover it up. And then sometimes I would go even a step further and I would wear like eyeliner or like mascara and uh, and lip gloss even sometimes. And so this kind of this perfect storm started happening where I was I'd broken up with my girlfriend and of course when you're in school and you have a breakup it's like drama and the kids are wanting to you know yeah yeah they're like wow know. he's really taking it hard yeah <laughs> <laughs> there, <laughs> there was there was this like this click thing that was happening so you know taylor had this like group of people that were kind of bullying me and then i was wearing makeup to school and so the bullying Ooh. kind of got even worse and then my mom kind of found out and so she was kind of like on like the bullying the bullying side of things and, mm. and i say that in such like a it's such a unique way of bullying it. I don't know. You get it. If you have a parent that's expressed their yeah. this concern for you, you it feels like bullying. Um, mm -hmm. So I went to my school. I didn't know I had anyone else really to turn to. I At the time, I wasn't, I was in the church, but I wasn't like clamoring to go back every Sunday. You know, I was, I was going to appease my mom, but it wasn't like I was going to Sunday school and being like, I really need to take some notes. Like I need to start writing this down. So I was just going mm -hmm. to go. Um, and yeah. And so I went to my school counselor cause I really didn't have anyone else to turn to. And at that point I had kind of, I'd kind of established a relationship with her where, you know, I felt like I could kind of tell her anything and I hadn't came out to her, but I, I was going to her for like some of the bullying. And, and finally, you know, I told her like, I have something to tell you, but I absolutely have to know that you're not going to tell my mom because she is, she, so my mom is the, the daughter of a southern baptist slash pentecostal preacher so like for those who don't know who don't know what pentecostal or southern baptist is they're kind of close in denomination but there's a lot of things that pentecostal folks do that are um, a little bit more obscure um so i say <laughs> southern baptist pentecostal for the people who like don't really know what pentecostal is yeah. um i was a pentecostal youth pastor so i know that oh well. wow so you so definitely did it Spoken you, tongues, yeah. laying of hands, all that. Yep, yeah. yep, yep, yep. That's exactly what it is. So my mom, my mom being super religious, um, you know, I told my my counselor, you can't tell her. Like, I, I, I what I'm about to tell you, like, you cannot tell her. Um, and my counselor said, you know, I, this is your secret is safe with me, basically. And oh. um, I told her that I was, I told her that I was by my counselor. I told her I was by, and that I was wearing makeup to school, and I was getting bullied for it. And it was really hard for me to deal with that. And, you know, I've had people say to me, well, did you say anything about harming yourself because she has to report that? And did you say anything about like you have plans to hurt anybody? And I I'll be completely honest. I definitely did not. I did not tell her that I was going to hurt myself or that I was self-harming or anything along those lines. It was literally just me getting it off my chest and coming out to an adult. Um, and sure enough, uh, I went home that, I, you know, I felt great leaving the counselor's office. I was like, <laughs> my secret's out. You know, I feel like I'm a new man. I can live this life. And I feel like I was so supported during that. And then I got home that day and she said that my mom was in the kitchen and she was making spaghetti. I literally remember it so well. And I remember just walking into the kitchen and she was just, she didn't even look at me. She was just so cold, like standing there like stirring the pot and Ooh. she just said like get your stuff and get in the car 
And I was like, okay. Um, and I did. <laughs> and I knew it was, I knew, I, I, I knew immediately what had happened, but I didn't know how it happened. You know, I didn't know if yeah. what like, specifics occurred, but yeah, that was, that was a very like moment of like pure panic and also maybe relief in, in its own really strange way. It was like, my mom knows now, so I don't have to tell her anymore. <laughs> you yeah. know, it's, it's out. Um, but yeah. definitely panic was, was, was a big part of that. That's, um, first of all, like what the fuck that counselor, like that, that's some breach of like, that's yeah, that's, that's why do you think they did that? Why do you think they told your, um, so, so since I've, since I've shared that story with so many people and so many people have kind of seen it, um, I've had a lot of folks kind of, you know, I've had a lot of people say to me, well, why didn't you sue them? Or why didn't you do this? And I've, I found out since then that, you know, schools in the way that they regulate their counselors is so different than the way that like a medical, like, you know, a therapist mm. releases information. Basically, um, for anyone out there that's listening that has uh, maybe a child in school or is currently in school, I don't know if there's a you know, young audience listening to this, but um, just know that school counselors do have and reserve the rights to disclose every bit of information that you um, that you tell them as a student. Uh, legally, they can give that information to any of the school faculty. They can give it to your parents. They can give it to um, anyone. I mean, it is there's literally zero confidentiality. From what I understand about the way that the American, you know, laws work, mm -hmm. they have free reign. Um, and I think she, I think she told my mom because being in a small town and being religious, there's kind of this this code of honor that you follow as a religious person or as a Christian. I'm just going to say as a Christian, because I don't think this falls, falls under religion. I think this falls under like the Southern Baptist religion. And that's, you know, if your child or if you're, if you know of anyone that, you know, is doing something that will come back to look bad on the family, you, you kind of like tell them out of this weird mm -hmm. code of honor, even if that's like a super private thing or, or a super, you know, a super confidential thing. Um, and I think she just did it out of the, that weird Christian code of honor, because she was, she was a religious lady. I remember her having, even in public school, you know, she had like Bible quotes on her, on her little desk. And I remember her having, you know, all of this, like sort of like cross iconography and everything. So yeah, it was, it was it for her. I think it was just a code of like a code of honor for her to tell my mom, you know, that what her son was doing and, and what kind of shame I guess I could have brought to my mom's family. Um, mm -hmm you know, whatever was left of it at that point. So, so yeah. Wow. So where is your mom? Where is your mom taking you? So I get in the car. Um, I, at that point, I, I just remember feeling so much anxiety and, and so much like, okay, what do I do? What do I say? What do I do? And I remember asking her several times, you know, what, what's happening? Can you please just tell me what's going on? What's going on? She wouldn't say anything to me. It was like total silence. And, um, once I, once we got a little bit into the drive, you know, at that point I'd kind of thought, okay, maybe she's taking me to my aunt's house. Maybe she's taking me to like, you know, to, to a restaurant or something. Cause she needs to talk to me. I don't, you know, I, it just didn't make sense. And then finally we got to a certain point where it became very clear that we were going to 
a church and and the way that the church is located in our town like you kind of have to go a specific way a specific route and i remember getting to that point and being like okay you know this this is where we're going we're going to church um and once my mom knew that like okay he knows that we're going to church she started telling me your, your school counselor called me today um and i said you know what did she say and she, mom told me basically that she had told her that i was gay um and I said, I'm not gay, I'm bi. <laughs> There's a difference, mother. Um, yeah, you didn't and, tell her it was 95.5. You just told her, hey, I'm bi. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and, she, and she said, you know, I, I don't, I, at that point, I think I don't even remember what she said. I like, it's just kind of blurred in my mind because once I knew that she knew, it's like it just happened again. It's like that panic hit again. It's like there were oh. so many stages of panic over the course of that afternoon. Um, and so finally we got to the church and I was thinking to myself, okay, there's, you know, there's no one here. Um, and I see my pastor. So like the way that the church is set up, there's this little, excuse me, this little office building to the side. And I remember seeing my pastor standing at the door with the door open, looking out into the parking lot as my mom and I kind of pulled up um, and thinking, okay, so we're going to meet with uh is it okay if I say just his first name? Because that's what we, that's what. Yeah, I yeah, it. you can. Yeah, you can say it. Yeah, you can say his um, full name. We can say his address if you want to. But, <laughs> no, I'm not kidding. Uh, brother, but brother kidding. Jeff. Shout out, brother Jeff. If you're listening to this, I to this day have so much hate in my heart for you, buddy. Uh, <laughs> um, fuck you, so, brother Jeff. Yeah, fuck you, brother Jeff. So, <laughs> brother Jeff was standing uh, in the doorway, uh, and he was. I just remember him kind of standing there, just looking, you know, looking at me as I was like pulling up to the, we were getting to the parking space. And then I got out and mom walked up, he invited us inside. We sat down and that's when he kind of started in on the, the sort of the, the conversation. And that, and that was, uh, that was where it started getting really interesting. Well, um, fucking brother Jeff, it just, yeah. Man, I think I, I can't, I can't, I saw him the other day, I think at the, uh, at the gym, <laughs> And I just know, you know, I don't think he recognized me or remembers me because I'm sure, you know, he, he was a pastor. He dealt with so many people, but I remember, um, I remember seeing him and just immediately those feelings of being a kid just started flooding back in and it was yeah. really surreal. It, it, it must be like so traumatic to, you know, to have that moment of like, Hey, I'm out on me. Like, you know, this is great, great day. And then the people you love the most, like your mother, and then you're brought to church, you're just told this is bad. Uh, it must be such a conflicting feeling. It it was. And I think the thing that really, you know, kind of hurt. Um, so, I, so just to get into the conversation a little bit. So what Brother yeah. Jeff started talking to me about. So we, we sat down. Um, and my mom was to the left of me, kind of on this like side couch. And then I was sitting on it's sort of like in a desk situation where I was sitting up at the front of the desk and he was sitting behind his desk and he just started kind of doing that weird gentle parenting thing where he's like, you know, son, uh, your mother told me about, uh, about, you know, you were wearing, is it makeup to school? You're wearing makeup. And I, oh, and I, I, I remember him kind of saying it with this like weird, like disgust of like, you know, is this, is this, am I hearing it right? And I said, I said, I wear, you know, I wear makeup to cover up my acne. Yeah. Cause I, at the, at the point, I'm not going to tell him like, Hey, you know, I'm, yeah. I want to be in a full face of like beat down makeup. Like I, I just yeah. kind of was covering my tracks. 
And he was like, he was like, he was like, well, why, why, why would you do, that? you know, God doesn't want you wearing makeup. You're a boy. You, you don't. And I, and it, it was well, to this... be fair, he doesn't want women to wear makeup either. It's so clear <laughs> yeah. yeah, they can yeah. they can ignore that. Um yeah. it was this really weird thing though, where I was really feeling the this fight internal this internal fight in me where I was trying to kind of be the kind of like lie my way out of it and just kind of play into what he was saying and say, you know, I agree, or, you know, that's, that's not, it's not true. Or I was like kind of lying about all this stuff. And then there was this other part of me that was like, I can cut. Yeah. I can cuss on here. Right. Of course. Yeah. I was like, that's why bitch, if you don't, if you don't tell this motherfucker to go fuck himself three ways, (laughs) sideways, I like, if you don't tell him what is on your mind, you're going to regret this. And so I remember hearing him and and him telling me, Oh, I specifically remember him saying when we got more past makeup and we we're kind of talking about being gay and being bi and blah, blah, blah. I remember him saying that, you know, being gay is an abomination and that we're the only creature that participates in that behavior. And I remember, That's not true. I remember <laughs> arguing with him. And I think that was the point for me when I, when he said that. And at this point in my life, I want to, I want to say that I had started listening to, uh, the atheist experience. I don't know if you're. Familiar. Oh, <laughs> so, oh, the spirits of Matt Hunty got you. Like, yeah. you, you know what? I, yeah. I got to give a little shout out to him as well because he he yeah. was a, a huge part of me, sort of understanding some of the some of those those flaws and those those whole loopholes and things like that in the religion that was being preached on me. So I remember, I remember him saying that about you know we're the only species, and I at that point, I said, I, I snapped and I said. No, we're not. No, we're not. I said, there's there's plenty of species that practice, you know, homosexual in, like interactions. Like, and of well, course, go, oh, that's the problem, Sorry. Tate. Is you you were you were coming at him with facts and logic, and that that just like that the the worldview crumbles under that. You can't do that. You can't present facts and logic in a conversation like that. You come on. I I, I definitely <laughs> I definitely felt that way because when I t- when I said that to him, I just remember him being so you know, so combative. And so, no, no, that's not right. That's not true. Excuse me. And so, so I remember that was kind of when the, when the, when the switch flipped. And at that point I was like, you know what, these gloves, they're coming off and I'm about to lay into this guy. And I, I just remember being like, at the end of the day, I like, I am who I am and nothing that you say, or that you say that God feels like I'm an abomination or whatever the case is, is going to change that about me. And my mom can sit here and 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 cry and sob and blah 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 but it's not gonna it's not gonna change my life and it's not gonna change the person that i am and i know who i am at this point and i just i don't even remember everything i said but i just remember the feeling just it was like waves of of emotions coming out and i remember saying to him in that moment you know the way you're treating me is so ungodly. I, I don't know what possessed me to say that at the time, but I, I told him, I was like, the way you're treating me is so ungodly. And, and of course, you know, he, he didn't like me saying that. And, and I just remember no. it being, you know, more and more. And then eventually after enough back and forth, I want to, I can't remember if we were there like 15 minutes or 45 minutes. I, I it's just a blur. Um, but after enough of back and forth, back and forth, he finally, he finally got up. He, I remember he had like a Bible in one hand and he had a drawer 
under his desk and he pulled out this drawer as he stood up he reached in and he got a little bottle of uh of holy oil which i'm sure you're familiar yeah. with i'm trying to find like a yeah. little comparison for the viewers um it was probably this is a little one thing it was probably the size of this one right here like yeah even and uh he popped the top off of it and he put some on his hand and he walked over to me and i was i was sitting there you know just mad and everything yeah. and he and he put his hands on my forehead and he did like a cross oh, that would have been he, great for your acne it, <laughs> yeah that's probably what broke me out brother yeah, you're like um, dick <laughs> you want know foundation i'm gonna have to put on now <laughs> like, yeah anyway. that's really funny so he put his he put his hand on my shoulder afterwards and mom stood up and she was she was like crying and she held his hand and mom put her hand on my shoulder and then he started preaching and like sort of um, praying over me out loud. And it started off, I just remember it started off as, you know, Oh Lord, you know, please touch this young man's heart and, and show him the way, you know, the light of your love and all this. And then it slowly progressed more. And my mom was crying more and he started speaking in tongues. And for any viewers out there who don't know what that is, it's basically where uh, a preacher or even I think the congregation gets touched by the Holy spirit and what is going on? Do you see that? That's an, that's yeah, not an yeah. orb. It's a little hair. I swear. <laughs> a little, um, so he started speaking in tongues and it's like, you know, speaking a different language. That's like a biblical language. And it was at that point, I was just sitting there like, you know, not really defeated, but very resolved in how this experience made me feel. And mm. after it was done, and he had, you know, started speaking in tongue and, and screaming, you know, screaming this, this, this preaching rhetoric at me. Um, and my mom was sobbing basically on the floor at that point. I just remember, you know, mom thanked him and we were leaving and we got in the car and I buckled up and I was sitting there in silence. And I said to my mom, I said, I will never forgive you for this. I will hate you for the rest Ooh. of my life for this. Oh, and, and at that wow. point, I was so I was so serious about that because I had never yeah. felt so betrayed by my mom. Up, you know, until it's that such. Point. How old were you at this time? If you don't mind me asking. God, I must have been. I would say maybe at most 14, 13, 14, yeah. somewhere in that ballpark. There's so many ways that your trust was like. You know, you had oh. you essentially had you essentially had. Um, what would have felt like your counselor betray your trust, your mom betray your trust, and then God or like the church figure betray your trust, right? Yeah, like, yeah. It it, it 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 feels yeah. I guess that I guess they were maybe expecting that you'd fall on the ground and like slither around, and the spirit of Matt Dillahunty and demons would come out of you, and you'd be straight, <laughs> and then you'd start like start wearing like plaid shirts and like you know picking up women's bars. Like it just seems it seems um it seems like that's what they were trying to go for uh, uh yeah uh, that's um it's funny how like not to talk about me too much but like it's funny how like they think that that's like a like a lot of times christians think that that's like a, a thing like i've been on in debates on tiktok where I'll, i think i was bringing up making up making too much sense and it bothered them so much that they called in this like person who came on and just started this preaching and and prophesying and and um, praying over me and they got annoyed that i wasn't listening so then I sat there for 15 minutes as this guy was like, the power of God come down to David. And I'm just like watching, this is on TikTok. And I'm just like, like watching, just like, 
okay like and then like at the end they were upset that i didn't have this like huge like powerful like demon like alien thing come out of my mouth like they it, it's it's like it's so awkward at the end you kind of like okay like can i go now like it's very strange um yeah, it is it's a very strange culture and it's a strange you know I, and i i don't i don't take pride or i don't set set out to to criticize you know my my christian viewers my christian fans or, or family or friends even for that matter yeah. um i think one thing that happens is that when i start sharing my experience with people there's this discomfort that happens because they feel like i'm you know i'm i'm blaming them or i'm blaming you know their belief and it's not that it's that i'm i'm you know i'm just telling them who is responsible for the things that happened to me and and i think that's a really mm -hmm. uncomfortable thing for a lot of people who do identify and align with that Christian sort of ideology yeah. have, they struggle with that, I, I think. Mm. Yeah. And there's some like, uh, you know, one of my, um, you know, Megan Lewis, um, Dr. Josh's wife, she's, um, she's a Christian, but she's like, she's cool. Like she's queer as well. She's a Christian, like, but she's, um, but she doesn't accept like the Bible as inerrant and things like that. And, uh, Cause she's an Assyriologist. So she knows the, um, the history. But, um, you know, not all Christians are like that. And I think that in some way, a lot of these people, even even um, that piece of shit, brother uh, Jeff, is probably a victim of his circumstances in regards to he was probably taught that when he grew up and stuff. It's um, uh, like we said before, hate, love the religious, hate the religion. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I, um, yeah, I mean, it, it's hard because sometimes I do. I, I hate it, but I do feel that way because I... I just have had so many traumatic experiences with it. And it it's to a point where it's like, how many times can you forgive, you know, a note or an idea? How many times can you forgive mm. people that claim that this is a great thing and then has hurt me time and time again? Um, yeah. But, you know, that's, it's just because how life is. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so we've only got a little bit of time left. So I want to kind of jump into some questions. If um, we have some questions from Q, um, people who have some questions, just at um, Deep Drinks Podcast in the questions and we can get to them. But I have a few questions myself. Um, my, the first question is, what was it like when you finally decided to live your authentic self? Like after that, did you just, did you just double down on the um, gayer than thou? Or like, what did you do? Like, did you, did you have like, what, what was it like when you finally decided, you know what, I'm just going to be gay. I'm going to have as much fun uh, as I want. I'm going to, you know, go for relationships. Like what, 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 what was it like? Yeah. You know, I think for me, it was, it was, you know, double down. I, 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 I really, <laughs> um, I didn't really think about it until just now, but after, you know, after I, after I was outed to my mom, who was really the only person at the time that I care, you know, it, with me in school, it wasn't really a secret once me and my ex-girlfriend, you know, my girlfriend at the time broke up that when I started wearing makeup that I was gay, you know, it wasn't like at that point, it was just sort of very known. Um, and I didn't care if the teachers knew, I didn't care if the, if the, if the students knew, I didn't care, if, you know, whoever knew, but I did care that my mom knew. And so I kept it kind of in this bag, right? I didn't put it on social media. I didn't put it on anywhere. And then when she, when she, when I was outed, I was like, okay, I have nothing left to lose. So <laughs> I remember, I, I remember specifically, I went to the mall. I want to say this was like, you know, maybe a, a few weeks to a month later. And I bought this bright pink Mac lip gloss to this day. I remember <laughs> how it tasted. It was the most chemically like 
fake taste of like bubble cup. It was so gross that I just remember walking around like the lunchroom and just putting it on and being like, what now, bitches? Like, yeah, <laughs> it's so good. But yeah, double and, down, double down. And that, that's, um, that's something that, um, and correct me if I'm wrong, but that's something that like a lot of my um, Christian friends, they don't understand pride, right? They don't understand like pride month. For them, a lot of like, pride is a sin, right? Even Jordan Peterson tweeted something out like, or that, or Ben Shapiro, or someone, one of those um, conservative um, peeps. Uh, they um and but I think what they don't understand is there's like a lot of the time for the LGBT community, they're so you know you guys are, like you have to like hide from yourself that when you finally decide to come out, it's like you know what, like I'm gonna go to the other extreme. I'm gonna like be proud of who I am. I'm not going to hide. And part of that that uh that action of like you know being your authentic self and like going to an extreme is actually therapeutic in a way. Uh, it's um if the, if there was no such thing as homophobia, uh, even internal homophobia, you probably wouldn't need pride, right? Probably like pride parades and stuff because it's just like you're just happy with like how you are. Yeah, um, I, uh, I I really resonate with that, and I appreciate you saying that because I think that that a lot of people who don't understand what pride is is there for, they don't get that aspect. They don't get the aspect of you know whenever you have to live a life that you hide features of who you are or or parts of who you are that other people you know and i'm going to use the word like normal kids um even though i definitely don't you know mean it in like an offensive way i want to say normal kids kids that have a, a heteronormative mm -hmm. like childhood um that you know they get to date girls and not feel any shame in that they get to mm -hmm. they get to play sports and not have any shame in that they get to do all of these things that like they don't have to feel shame about their identity or who they are inherently as a person you know they may still feel shame for doing certain things but it's never going to be because because they are straight and i think mm. for me you know when i was feeling so much shame about all of these things about myself and and, and i think most people that understand what i'm saying right now felt that way and when you get to the point where you don't feel you're like okay i'm not going to feel shame about this anymore i'm going to embrace it you know, you do have to wave a flag to say, this is who I am and this is why I am this way. And uh, yeah, so I, I definitely think a lot of people have this really big grudge against pride and they mm. don't understand that it's literally a core part of our experience as a human being is feeling shame. And we don't want to do that anymore. <laughs> mm. Exactly. Uh uh this is this is off the cuff if this if you don't want to talk about this just say it but i i have to know and hopefully this, you've had enough drinks to uh, this is a normal <laughs> normal question but when you first started like engaging in sexual activities with with guys did you feel a sense of guilt or were you just like yes i'm living my best life um so i am definitely a little bit of a late bloomer uh, <laughs> <laughs> i you know it's funny because i do i do sex work online and i do have um, a platform of where I, I really embrace that like energy about myself and, and bring that to the table. Um, but I don't have a very extensive sexual like history. And I think a lot of people are really shocked by that, but you know, I didn't really have any boyfriends or like any like encounters that I think a lot of people do, um, through their, through their younger years. I didn't really date. I had, I think like a boyfriend, but it was a very like friendshipy type thing. And, and we didn't really, you know, engage in anything. So, I never really had the opportunity to process those feelings. And then finally I got into a, a my first real relationship, which ended up being my long-term relationship of seven years. Um, and yeah, I never, I never felt any shame or guilt from that. 
um, because at that point I had just grown up so much that it was just, I was just who I was and it, and it wasn't like mm -hmm. something that I had any struggles with it that the, by that point that I had kind of gotten into that relationship. Mm. My wife and I um, waited till we were married to have sex for the first time. Uh, and wow. um, yeah, <laughs> we're, we're religious. We'll, you know, we try to do it right. Um, we did, we, we kind of did other stuff, but we never had like full sex, I guess you could say. But, um, but I still feel guilt sometimes when we have sex. And I think that's got to do with like the purity culture that I was brought up with in church. Uh, every, every man's battle, um, the, the differentiation between lust and making love and things like that. Um, so it's, it's, um, it's something I'm, I'm still continuing to work on and we might be doing a panel here, um, shortly, uh, on purity culture, where we'll be talking about it with a bunch of peeps and how that kind of can fuck people up, <laughs> but, yeah, um, really <laughs> I gotta stop swearing so much. I swear a lot, but, uh, it's, it's fine, but it's just like, I'm swearing a lot. Uh, so, uh, have some questions. Um, oh, how's awesome. your relationship with your mum now? Oh, that is an awesome question. And I think I see it's from uh, our good friend, Joey. Much love to you, Joey. He's a, a huge follower and a huge supporter of mine. And I just, I want you to know, I just love hey, Joey. Joey. Um, so my relationship <laughs> with my mom now is actually really, really, really good. Um, she is, she has came leaps and bounds from that, from that time of ignorance. And, and, and I want to say that that's a big part of her, her gr own growth. And I do have to say, you know, if you're out there and you're struggling right now with a parent or a sibling or a friend even that doesn't understand you or isn't accepting you because they have religious feelings about your lifestyle, um, lifestyle, um, just I, know I have that to, I have to mention <laughs> that like a uh, Haley Brooke, who is a TikToker, who same, same, same story. She, um, would say like she was outed by like her family rejected her a lot for being um, gay. But I, I said to her, I was like, um, when do you choose the gay lifestyle? And it's like, that was the joke, right? Like the joke is, it is a lifestyle anyway. So keep going. <laughs> That's a really, really good story though. Um, but you know, whenever you, um, whenever you have those friends or those family that, that like aren't accepting you, just know that it, it's not a forever thing and it doesn't have to be a forever thing that people can grow and people can learn. And it, and it comes down to how much they do love you and care about you. Um, if they're willing to put, those beliefs you know aside long enough to hear you out and um and i i i just want to say that there is hope if my mom can come around and and learn to accept and love me and not only love and accept me back then but now she is my literally my biggest fan and she knows about my platforms online my yeah. sex work that i do and everything and she is such a supporter and uh if my mom can do it you know anyone can <laughs> do it so just I keep keep in there I uh, I was doing research on you, and I mentioned this before, but I was doing research, and I was like, oh, yeah, I was like, Ted Hoskins, and I went on to your Twitter, and I was like, oh, okay, there's a lot of uh, not-for-safe work stuff here, and I was like, but to be fair, it looks like you're having a great time, so if you're into Tate, yes. you want to see a bit of naked, naked Tate, uh, that's a weird thing, um, I just said, but yeah, go check out his um his Twitter as well. Naked Tate, I'm going to have to, I'm naked definitely Tate. stealing that one, naked Tate is, uh, is so going to be I, ap I apologize, I apologize, <laughs> the alcohol. Um, I love it. What advice would you give uh, to your younger self? That's a hard one. That's such a hard one. Um, <laughs> I would I would tell my younger self to listen more and stop 
listening to respond. Um, I, I am a big advocate for people listening to the opinions of other people and listening to the perspective of other people, even if you don't like what they're saying or how they're saying it. It's always important to understand the bridge that they are coming from. And I would tell my younger self, you know, I know that you are hard headed and you are set in your ways, but it's so important that you take a moment to listen and hear people out um, all everywhere. And uh, and you will get a lot farther in your in your young life by actually sitting back and opening your ears and you know shutting your little mouth <laughs> and not talking so much that's uh that's something i have to uh to, i have to learn myself is um i love to talk and dominate conversations but i had to um i mean i'm doing it right now but i'm just like with deep drinks i had to like shut up let other people talk let them tell their stories so it's a constant learning curve for me as well to try and listen and, and stuff but um I yeah, I think a lot of people, I think a lot of people, um, and myself included in that, you know, we we all struggle with, it's sort of that feeling of wanting to relate to someone or, or expand on experience or expand on a statement. And, um, and so I think a lot of people do, they do listen a lot of time to, to give a response. And I think one of the most powerful tools that I've got, you know, been able to, to acquire as an, as an adult is the ability to sit back and listen to someone talk and talk for a very long time and just listen to what they're saying and why they're mm -hmm. saying it. Even if I don't mm -hmm. agree with a word, I'm just listening. And that's important. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, what advice would you give to a younger person um, who is having a conflict with their faith slash culture and sexual identity? <sighs> yeah, that's, it's sad because it's so, it's so, it's so common. And I, I mm. see that a lot in my comments and my messages from people who say, you know, I grew up in a religious family and I feel like now I'm an outcast. I've even um, I've even talked to guys romantically before that have, have kind of gone through that. Um, I would say that there is a place in this world for you to exist exactly as you are. And if and if to you, that person is someone who loves and cherishes God and a religion and also happens to be gay or bi or trans or non-binary or whatever the case is, I think you, you are very valid in that experience and you will be able to, to find your legs and find your footing um, in the community th that you're in. And, and no matter what, do not ever let anybody tell you that you can't practice your religion, practice your faith, love, you know, love your God and be loved by your God because of the person that you were born as. So don't ever let anybody tell you that. And uh, I think a lot of kids, you know, a lot of the youth needs to hear that when it comes to their religion. Oh, that's such an awesome answer. Um, you, you, you're so genuine. I really appreciate that. Um, Thank you. Uh, Thank you someone asked, is Nike Tady going to be the new OnlyFans handle? <laughs> you know what? That is a that is a very good one. I will say Nike Tady <laughs> is a solid catchphrase. I'm gonna have to use that. So just uh I was gonna tell you to yeah. keep an eye out for it, but I'm gonna I'm gonna <laughs> guess and say you probably won't. <laughs> yeah. Any context that'll be used in. Uh, but I will be stealing it. So we'll see. We'll see where we're going. Yeah. Awesome. You could be like um, yeah, it could be like a cool um thing. Uh if anyone if anyone does um join your OnlyFans or like Twitter and stuff, um make sure you comment Nate Nikki Tady Sue knows where you came from. <laughs> please, um, please. <laughs> uh so you have a, a clothing brand possibly coming out. Can you tell us a little bit about, about that? 
Yeah. So uh, one of the beautiful things that I've been able to do with my platform is reach out to a an audience and connect with an audience that um, I think a lot of the world doesn't even know exists. And I, and I say that because of how I really didn't know they existed until I started this kind of this, this social media journey. Um, and that is folks who were born, whether it be in the South or, or you know, inter even international folks that grew up in a very blue collar home or a blue collar like lifestyle, but never felt like they were represented by the culture around, you know, the blue collar lifestyle, um, where, you know, it's sort of this, the stigma of straight white men in the apparel, in the music, in the, in the media, it's, it's a lot of the same. And so one thing that I wanted to do is give my viewers and give my audience and, and, people who may not even know who I am, but feel like they've never been represented by, by a blue collar brand or a blue collar, um, you know, a blue collar person like myself, um, giving them a face in, in the apparel industry. And so I created uh, a brand called Stag Pride and we're, we're on the startup of it. So there's, you know, it's a lot going on. I mean, just loads and loads and loads of work. Um, but every moment of it is awesome because we're, we're able to create clothes that are plus size friendly. Um, at the moment, I think we have sizes going up to triple XL, which to my understanding is, is a really, really um, uncommon size to see in startup clothing brands. And so I was, mm. I'm very proud of that. I love it because a lot of, a lot of folks say that, you know, because of my size or because of my body, I've never really, I don't really shop for myself. Or I don't really buy clothes for myself because I don't really feel comfortable in them. And one of the things that I want this brand to do is, is to make everybody feel represented and comfortable and sexy and confident. And so whether you are trans or um, a person of color or, or, a plus size individual, you have a, you have a place in with me on my platforms and you have a place in, in all of my projects and all of my, all of my work that I do. And this clothing brand is definitely a reflection of that. So, um, I'm excited to get it out there for people. <laughs> Bronson says, uh, stag fried. Thank you so much. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. I'll have to get, uh, I'll have to get a, a, a some, some stuff sent to Australia and uh, buy some stuff from you. Cause, um, yeah, it'll be exciting. <laughs> I'll have to promote it again. Uh, someone said, uh, I'm, I'm F and God. So excited. Um, oh my God, Jer said, get naked with Tady. So that might be another like spinoff. <laughs> Maybe you do like a fan meetup where people where we all get Nate. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> that that's that's awesome. Um, so, uh, when are you hoping that this will launch? Yeah. So we're our, our goal is to launch by uh, by June of next year. That's kind of our deadline at the moment, and uh, and the direction we're going, we're going to hit that. And if we don't, just know that it's because you know we're 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 wanting these clothes to really be special. And so our goal is June of next year, 2023. That's our that's our like fingers crossed. We're hitting it. Awesome. And do you have links for this? Because I'll put the I'll put it in the description for if you do for um after this goes live because I don't have them currently in this. Uh, uh, ugh, description, but um, I'll I'll add them in later when you do have some links or or at at the moment there's no links for the uh, for the actual stag pride brand. But if you do follow along with my Twitter or my TikTok or anything, I'll be doing lots okay, of announcements cool. and everything. So if anyone's interested, just awesome. you know tag onto those and you'll see some updates about it. Awesome. Um, so everyone, make sure you go and subscribe. Uh, not subscribe. Follow. Um, Kate on Instagram. I'm just trying to find your. It might be real. 
real Tate Hoskins. Yeah, there we go. Yeah. All right, here we go. Someone has the Tate Hoskins. Um, How like annoying is it when that happens? <laughs> I'm so sad. <laughs> so, yeah, you'll be linking, doing some cool stuff with um, your brand um, and your clothing line soon, which will be awesome. Yes. Um, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Cool. So everyone go make sure you check out um, Tate's stuff um, and keep um, keep informed. Send this to someone who you know. Someone Send this to your gay friend. Send this to your bi auntie. Uh, and it's, uh, this would be a good thing to show them. Um, it's a good story. Uh, I do have one more question. Yes, uh, any more questions, said, I'm more than happy to, to answer. Absolutely. You said that your mum was cool about your adult work. What are your other immediate family members, dad, grandparents, siblings? Um, my mum was the only person accepting slash tolerant of sex work. Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, so for me, you know, my my family was raised the same way that my mom was raised and, and I was raised. And so a lot of them do have a lot of religious, you know, a, a lot of religious ties and connections. And so for them, sex work is a very, uh, it's a very unique world. I think one of the important things is that I... I embrace it and I don't try to hide it and I don't try to make it to, to be something that it's not. And I think that's given my family a little bit of an easier time to understand that like, okay, he's doing this because it's like something that he feels genuine in and he's not doing it because he, he feels like he has to, or he feels like it's, it's, you know, some sort of, you know, turn in his life. Um, my, my family has been really receptive to, to my, my work that I do and, and, you know, I just do it with good intentions. And I think that I think they resonate with that. So if anyone out there is is entering the world of sex work um, and you're you know, you're scared that your brother or your or your grandparents or whoever won't understand it, you just kind of know the risk factor. Will they do they know what sex work is? Are they with the times these days? Because I think most people most people kind of understand it at this point. OnlyFans is kind of a uh, it's kind of a, a known thing now. It's like, yeah, it definitely is. Um... I've noticed a huge shift in two where uh, for, for the long time, for the longest time, um, women weren't seen to have like a sexuality for the longest time. Like it was like where I've really appreciated that women are seen to be just as deviant as men sometimes. Cause like something that I, that I noticed in um, purity culture um, is that the women were seen to like always cover up because you're never going to, you know, you're going to make a man stumble and the man, and we were taught like, you're a predator. You will rape people if you don't, if you, you know, it's crazy, but it's to, true. It really yeah, is. Yeah, it is true. Where it's like, like I get like, that's offensive and that's, it's wrong, but it's like, it's also offensive in that like women can be like sick, twisted, like lustful of, you know, people as well. Like, why can't they also anyway? So uh, it, it's cool to see, you know, um, I, I mean, there's obviously some issues with um, overindulging in, uh, in like well, in viewing sex work or, um, you know, becoming addicted to sex and things like that. But I think that it's, it's cool to see like a, a healthy perspective that people are having where people are watching porn in relationships together or, or people just view it as like something you, you, you know, you might watch, um, you might watch something online and then move on with your day. Like it's, it seems to be like a lot more of a balanced approach that's um, in the ethos, uh, at least, at least among my peers. Uh, yeah. I think, moment. I think a big part of that is, is the culture around normalizing human sexuality. I think we've treated sexuality as this sort of taboo thing for so long. And I think with a lot of folks, you know, we, we've kind of grown to understand that like, you know, being a sexual creature on this earth is like and it's very normal like that's every everything we we see we look around you everything is 
always having sex. I mean, literally, <laughs> it's the oldest thing in history. Um, so, yeah. so yeah, I think it's I think it's the culture that we're kind of coming into and everything. And and I think it's an awesome. I think it's as long as there's an understanding of what you're looking at. Um, I think it can be a really awesome thing for people out mm. there to have an avenue to to explore. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Pete Barnes asked. Uh, thoughts on the impact of the midterms? There have been some pretty horrific legislation in the past years from Florida. I'm going to be totally you honest. You have no idea. Yeah, I'm you have totally no idea. Frank. Um, I, here's the thing. I, I I like to be educated about politics, especially the politics that really you know directly affect me and my my. I'm going to say the word family, but I refer to my platform, my followers, my my subscribers, and and people who people who support me. Um, I like to, to know what's happening in the world um, until I get stressed out about it. And then I don't. <laughs> and then I like to not know what's happening in the world. And I like to live ignorantly. Um, but it is it goes back to that like listening thing. I think with politics, a lot of times I just I need to listen a little bit more um, because I definitely stay pretty ignorant about it. Yeah. Uh, I'm the same. Like I was hoping you would know more than, than me. Um, just to finish up, a little comment. Every time the wind blows, the trees are having sex right in front of you. It's disgusting. Uh, Abominations. <laughs> with, that said, with that said, we'll end up here. Um, and thank you so much for taking the time, um, Tate. It's It's been awesome to learn a little bit more about your story. Uh, when you do launch your clothing line, you're welcome to come on again um, and, and discuss it because um, I'm sure there's lots more we can talk about. Uh, but uh, with, with that said, I'd just like to say thanks again for coming on. Uh, is there anything else you want to say to the audience before we wrap up? Um, yeah, one last thing just to tell everybody out there for people who are watching um, that came from my platform. So you already kind of know how, know how I roll. Um, for those who are watching um, that are fans of, of David here, um, please just know that you are you are loved in this world. And I know that that is a very sort of generic, mushy thing to say um, and cringy for some people, but it is very true. You are loved by somebody out there. Um, and And if you ever feel like you're alone, you're wrong. <laughs> Sorry, but you're wrong. Um, you're not alone. You're, 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 you will always be supported by somebody out there. Um, so if you're not supported by anybody else, come in, you know, come join the family over on TikTok, on Instagram, Twitter, whatever. And, uh, you'll, you'll always have a friend in me and, uh, and I'm sure David probably says the same thing to y'all. So, uh, much love yeah. to everybody out there. And thank you all so much for listening. It means a lot to me. Thank you so much. And with that, oh, cheers to the camera. Thank you for coming on deep drinks. Cheers. Everyone.